What's going on, everybody? Welcome yeah. to the health. Damn it, Tyler! God, <laughs> that was perfect timing. Huh? That was literally a... on cue. Bitch! When I'm doing this, when I'm doing this, can you hear? Uh, lightly. What are you typing? Alright. Yeah, just because I like to like look stuff up when we're talking, but I'll be extra quiet. Anyways, Spence, sorry, I won't no, upset you. You again. know what, Tyler? Either. This is the intro now. Like I'm Spencer Plamino. Welcome to Healthy Scratch. <laughs> I'm Tyler O'Connor. I'm Chris, and I'm no longer sad. <laughs> It's Somebody true, Chris isn't sad anymore. It's not Chris for once. Yeah, the uh, the McCann trade has, has done good things. We'll be getting to that later. Uh, all right, we got a dense. Uh, there's so much ground to cover. Like we we have this is our first episode since the cup was awarded. We've all been well. Two of us have been licking our wounds. Uh, well, three of us have been licking our wounds. Chris has just been licking them for longer than Tyler and I. Um, but we're back, yeah. and uh, we, we got some, uh, some some stuff to cover here. So let's dive right in. News around the league is mostly what we're going to be covering here, and we're going to do some time on Habs and Leafs as well. Let's uh, let's start, first of all, with the Cup. Tampa wins again. Hard-fought series. They were $18 million over the cap. There was all that controversy. Personally, I think that controversy is a little ridiculous. I don't think they did anything wrong. That's coming from a Habs fan. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I thought it was, you know, any team would have done it if they could, right? If they were in that position. I don't think there's any argument for that. Yeah. It's it's yeah. within the rules. That anyone should be doing that if they can. Exactly. <clears throat> best, it, the be- it, terrible it, management if you the do best, Yeah. The best team won the Cup. Sometimes yeah. that's great. Uh, Down Goes Brown had probably the best tweet about the cup final, which was, this was the best situation that could possibly happen for hockey, period. The best team won, so there's value in building a good team. But also, yep. a team that wasn't supposed to go far made the cup final, so anyone can believe in their team. Yeah, right. As, like, as right. like a hockey fan, that's pretty much as, as good as you can ask for for an outcome. And second year 100%. in a row that a team made it to the cup final when they weren't expected to, with an interim head coach, which is pretty cool. Exactly, yep. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, kudos to Tampa, though. That was a hard-fought series, man. Watching that as a Habs fan, it was just, like, Tampa's so good. And that, admittedly, the, the Canadians aren't in that tier of teams. Any mistake, like, the Habs the Habs had very, very little wiggle room, and they shot themselves in the foot. Like, they, they really did make some stupid mistakes uh, throughout the series. But, you like, Tampa is so good at capitalizing and just seizing on that. So they, they really, really were... They put on a clinic. They really put on a clinic. It was something to watch. So kudos to Tampa and uh, props to them. Uh, let's cover some of the front office signings quickly. Pierre Maguire was signed by the Ottawa Senators. Um, I don't even I don't even know what to say about that. That's that's an interesting one. I, I'm not a huge fan of that signing. I feel like you guys probably aren't either. What did you guys think of the uh, Maguire signing? Um, it was it was a very strange move done by yes. a very strange organization. <laughs> yes, well uh, I, I don't know. What's his position again? What's his title? Uh, like vice president of hockey operations. Yeah, or player development or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, a like every, literally everyone else has been saying it's getting him off TV. I don't know. It, it it'll be interesting to see how it works because he's he's obviously spent years trying to get a job back in the, back in in an NHL office. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said about if he's not a position where he like necessarily has. Like, he's not like a GM or like a head scout or anything like that. Like, Hold it's, on, Tyler, it's not like you need you need to say very clearly yet, yeah. yet, yet, yet. yet. Yeah. He's not Fair. the GM yet. Yet, right? Fair enough. That I should I should not leave that out. Who knows? He can probably weasel weasel his way up there too. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like you know, like there is something to be said about like for all the jokes that people make about him, like. You don't, I mean, hockey's weird, so who knows, but like he's still a prominent figure in hockey. They, they, he's got to have, he, he does have a wealth of hockey knowledge. He's not the one steering the ships. So you don't have to worry about him, like, you know, Listen, uh, if anyone, crashing and burning or anything. If like anyone that, needs but to know, I don't know where a player went to high school or played like bantam hockey, they'll be set. 
Don't yeah. fucking set. And you know, like hockey, hockey teams put an odd amount of like, like I'm literally losing track of all the words I'm trying to use right now. But like, that's something that hockey teams value. And if that's something you value, whatever. Uh, the only thing that I'm, and I think um, I was listening to Puck Soup the other day, and they're talking about it. Like the thing that you've kind of got to worry about though is that the that the main reason why he was out of office the first time uh, is because he had a bit of a temper. Yeah, right. Too intense. Um, and like, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but. Uh, um, uh, Eugene Melnick is not exactly a, a very calm and collected human being either. So, like, who knows? That could, that could. They were talking about it on the other on on Puck Soup. That could either that could is just a disaster waiting to happen, or maybe they're you know kindred spirits, cut from the same cloth, and yeah. maybe they somehow like find a way to morph together and become like some I don't know whatever. I don't know. It's either going to be disaster. Or it's going to work. There's no there's no middle ground here. To me, McGuire no. is a guy that very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable guy. Yeah. Ten fifteen yeah. years ago. I thought he was an actually yeah. he he had a pretty good finger on the pulse of how the game was. He hasn't yeah. grown with the game. To me, like he's he's outdated and it shows. And he sticks. He's an old man yelling at clouds, and it really he's does literally Ken Holland. Yeah, I mean, that, don't don't say that to Ken. Okay, I, I I I'm not happy with Ken Holland right now either. But that's harsh. That's a that's a that's I, I don't a know, actually, which one's the insult? Which one's the insult? Yeah, yeah who's getting insulted yeah. by that one? The answer is both. is Colin Pierre Ken or is Colin Ken Pierre the insult? I don't even. You know what? We've, we've already spent too much time in Pierre Maguire. It's funny. We talked about this. We have so much to cover. And in a text message to the guys, I was like, you know, we're, we're going to go over a lot of topics, but I don't think it's going to be a deal. I don't think we're going to do like a deep dive on Pierre Maguire or anything. And here we are seven minutes later. Um, yeah, Don yeah, Ducharme and Luke Richardson re-signing with Montreal quickly. I'm, I'm happy with this. I like that. I think both guys are deserving of it, especially after that cup run. Uh, I think Dom Ducharme, I, it's weird. I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit when we cover Montreal. I don't even necessarily, yeah. depending on how the season goes, if Montreal doesn't make yeah. the playoffs, I don't even necessarily take that as uh, an indictment against Dom Ducharme. I think yeah. the playoff run speaks volumes. I think the last half of the season, there were a lot of mitigating circumstances, and I think there could be a lot of mitigating circumstances this season as well, but I think he, he definitely yeah. deserves a chance here, and I, I'd like to see him get at least two years out of this contract unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Ty, how are you feeling about the uh, yeah. Ducharme and Richardson uh, resignings? I mean, on the surface, they make a lot of sense. You don't make it all the way to the cup and then... Yeah. cut ties with their, and with apparently their they've got you know? great chemistry too he would they both spoke yeah, about how a, the, they've really gelled yeah and you know there's that whole thing when they, I, I know and i know it's all talk and every team does this but like you, with richardson like you heard all the the guys say like when dom was out with covid like you heard them all say about how fundamentally he's just a very likable yeah. nice respectful guy like he and just seems like the kind of guy that you would too. want like being a part of your organization like he's yeah. and he's a smart hockey mind but on yeah. top of that he's just everyone that talks about him that all the guys are saying like in interviews they're saying like we'd run through a wall for him in a in an yeah. instant like and and this is a guy who spent like he was kind of always in the shadows in the organization like everyone knew who he was obviously but like him taking over for dom was kind of like his you don't want to say coming out party because obviously now he's back like on the side again but like yeah that was kind of his, like, hey, like, I'm a part of this, too. So, uh, Are you talking about no, really uh, Richardson? No, Richardson. Okay, Richard, okay right, right. Yeah, yeah he, um, and Richardson as as Dom, I mean, like, did a great job. So, yeah. Yeah, no, in the playoffs. No, he did. Stepping, he did a fantastic job, really. That that showed me a side of Richardson that I hadn't quite... I don't think anyone had, right? Like, you don't really... No, and that's guys what get I'm saying. It's nice. Agreed. It's nice that he kind of got a little, like, respect. Um, And, I mean, as far as Dom, I mean, it makes sense. Look, it's say what you will about him as a coach if you think, like, you know, if you don't think he's that good of a coach or whatever it is, which I know a lot of people are talking about. But, like, I do think that there's something to be said of, like, this is just a, a weird 
once in a lifetime kind of season he took over halfway through you know he never really had a chance to implement his whole system he you know condensed traveling there wasn't as much practice there weren't as many days off period to like just like get to know the team i don't know it was just a whole bunch of odd circumstances yeah. that i'm not fully ready i'm not willing to like fully because even when he came in the whole thing with him was like he's a bit of a newer style coach right yeah. and then I remember we were talking about earlier about how like it would be nice to get like a breath of fresh air, maybe you know somebody who sees the game a little. A and little... it ended up like it ended up looking like a modified version of Claude Julien's game plan, which again, which was right. kind of expected because you can't change too much in season, right? And exactly. By the playoffs, and that's why I'm you kind, saw it more. I'm kind of willing, right? And that's why I'm kind of willing because I was look. I, I'll be the first one to admit that like that Dom had been in charge for like a decent amount of time. I was starting to get frustrated as well because it was kind of like, what's really changing here? Yeah. I had, long, you know, I had a long, I had a long leash for him. Back. I had a long leash for him yeah. throughout the season, and yeah. by the end of the season, I was ready to say, "I think it's time for Bouchard to to take over." Actually, yeah. I'm going to transition to Bouchard on that note. Joel Bouchard gets signed as the head coach of the San Diego Gulls, the AHL team for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, big loss for the Canadians organization. Um, he's done a great job, at seemingly anyway, with with the team's farm system over the past few years, and really transformed it and given it legitimacy again. There's one interesting thing on the note of Bouchard that I wanted to to mention, and it's Dale Weiss. He spoke about Joel Bouchard a few weeks before he signed yeah. uh, on his podcast, uh, and he mentioned that if he was a coach or if he was a, a front office or an NHL team or whatever, he would not want Joel Bouchard anywhere near his prospects. He said that for a guy like him who's been in the league for you know quite a long time and been in and out of the AHL and NHL, he was able to look at some of his tactics and kind of laugh them off and sort of take them in stride. But he said he would not want guys who are green and coming up and not having much experience going through the kind of games that, or games or whatever tactics that he puts his players through. This is the first thing I've heard that's negative about... I've always heard Bouchard as being a player's coach who was great for young talent, and the results do speak for themselves, but it's an interesting mm-hmm. note. Like, I wonder about that. It's, it's something that's interesting, and I don't think Dale Weiss is the best authority on it. He wasn't even down there that that long, but it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's the first thing I've heard like that gonna, about Bouchard. I was just going to say, Dale Weiss has a track record of saying things that aren't true also. So. Oh, does? There you go. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and like, for what it's worth, too, like, I mean, I don't know, like, you also heard kind of, I forget who it was, but somebody who had played against them had come out and said, like, you know, like, during the game, it was very clear that, like, whatever he was doing was working, yeah. but you could kind of get the sense that it was, you don't want to say, like, not necessarily like a toxic or, but just like a very, like, tightly wound kind yeah. of, you know, like, no, no one feels nonsense secure. kind of yeah. environment, which isn't the end of the world at the same time, like, it's as much as it's the AHL, it's still professional, like hockey league, and like you know, I don't know. Like KK went down there and he thrived. He yeah. loved it. And he came it's back. He had nothing him. but great things to say. Yeah. And he would have been the one that you, would, if you're talking about like like you would think, yeah, Bouchard, like being worried about Bouchard being around the young guys. Like he's the one that you would have been the most concerned about yeah. because he was the youngest. Highest and, profile. You know, he's still yeah. like he's still got the most growth left, and he's still like you know he's still he's still trying to get his feet wet in this league. And he came back and, and said, his confidence yeah, was quite low. To say. Confidence was very low. At the yeah, time and he came back and he, he he thrived in the NHL and he had absolutely nothing but great things to say. So yeah. I I don't know. I don't yeah. know how much of of it I believe. I don't know how much of it is not to say that Weiss is a liar, but how much of it is just an old salty player it, who maybe went down be, to the NHL and didn't get as much ice time as he expected. Yeah. Like it could be just his subjective like, experience of it too. Like it might not be. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting: there's two guys. I can't remember the other guy. Tom Blandisi, I believe, is one. Tom Blandisi and another player. 
were here in the Montreal organization in the AHL um, on the AHL team when they were in St. John's when things went the Sylvain Lefebvre years at the tail end when things were bad um, and it was poorly Cemetery. run things were dysfunctional things were dysfunctional at the NHL level and the AHL level and <clears throat> Blandisi and another guy both came out and spoke openly about how dysfunctional it was and how messed up it was they both retired they both went back to school um, and they were there for the first year of Bouchard and I always found that interesting yeah. before hearing this thing from Weiss that like, I was like, interesting. I was like, I wonder, like, maybe but they were just so fed up that even by the time Bouchard took over, they were still like, you know, it's it's time. But it just right. it was one thing that I remembered because like those two players did have very negative things to say about the Canadians farm system in their time there. And they were there for Bouchard's first year. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if there's yeah. if there's anything to it. But that being said, hopefully they, they get a good coach to take over at the AHL level. I'm curious if they're going to go Burroughs. I've heard Burroughs has great chemistry with the uh, the NHL coaches as well, so wouldn't mind seeing yeah. him there yeah. either. But hopefully they find someone to fill those shoes that can that can really keep the, the ball rolling because they, they very much needed their farm system to transform the way that it has. It needs to stay strong. There's a, there's, a very to... e- there's a very easy answer as to why he left also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The coaching job in Montreal, he wasn't going to get. Yeah. It was going to yeah. be a while. Anna, Anaheim's team is mid rebuild. Dallas Eakins. You never coach. keep. Yeah. You never keep the coach that's there for the rebuild. You yeah. always hire a new guy when it's done. I'm. I'm sure that was part of the conversation that when Eakins is done and the rebuild is more along, more yeah. or less. If things done, go well, you're in. Yours. Yeah. You're Bouchard in. can do it, and at the same time, Bouchard can work with Zegris and whoever else is going to yeah. be in in San Diego until the they get to Anaheim. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. there's like a familiarity with him. That for me is he's guaranteed to be the next guy. It's screams Sheldon Keefe in in Toronto yeah. with yeah. the Marlies type situation. So yeah, no, it makes sense yeah. for sure. And it's gonna be like it'll be a great uh, great opportunity for him because Na- like Anaheim's gonna have. I think they're gonna be quite a good team once they come out of this rebuild, and it'll be uh, be good for him. It's it's tough to see him go, but at the same time, wishing the best of luck. Uh, let's get to some player yep. news here now. Finally, uh, let's start with Parisian Suter. We're not gonna spend much time in this, but Parisian Suter were bought out. This is a big deal. Man, they I am shocked. Paying, I'm shocked too. Honest, I'm still racking my brain. Like Chris, I saw you tweet about how they maybe learned from the Alex Tuck uh, scenario with Vegas the first time around in the expansion draft, and that maybe that played a role in it. That makes makes some sense to me if that was a factor. I still don't understand. It, it feels like to me, Bill Guerin and the Wild Front Office, like the the new Wild Front Office, have been mm-hmm. dead set. On going through a rebuild that like even once they started winning once Kaprizov showed up and was a start they were still like they were uncomfortable with the fact that they weren't tanking what I'm going to disagree with you there fair just because that's I like, could be Parisi, very wrong Parisi, in that. Parisi, was, Parisi was a healthy scratcher most of the season right yeah like they didn't they didn't like him so like Parisi being bought out shocked at least in my case not at all like I was completely no it didn't I, I, was expecting, yeah. I said I was shocked I was, I was expecting Parisi still, to get bought very out very good what happened with Suter and like, I know he's still a decent player, but I know that yeah. if you look at the way that Suter is playing now, yeah. you, can you justify keeping him over Matt Dumba? No. In my mind, you can't. But you don't have a choice. He's not going to waive his no move clause. This guy loves yeah. playing in Minnesota. It's not a fun option, and it's definitely not fun when you have like you're going to have fourteen million dollars in dead cap space for a long time after this, right? Yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah. That's insane. But this fourteen. But this million. coming season and the one after that, there's a lot of cap savings. Yeah, and he wants, and he said it in his. I don't. You can trust GMs all you want. I don't necessarily do, but <laughs> he said that it offers him the flexibility to do something now, something mm-hmm. changing now. Jack Eichel. The way that I see it, honestly, is the exact opposite to you, Spence. They I want think to push he's in now the next ready two years? to. Yeah, that he's now ready to build a team for now as opposed to rebuilding. 
that just seems like such a risky proposition though when you've got 15 million it's, in cap penalties coming it's right? extremely risky yeah I, it could how be. many gms are thinking two years down the road because very few of them yeah. have the guarantee to be down there especially like the canadian teams are different we like to keep our gms forever but yeah. the american teams go through them quite fast and unless you've won something you never guaranteed a third year and and garen's already at one and a half right he came in through halfway through last season it's not crazy to me that he didn't even care about what it was like in two in two three years like for him, there's if there's any kind of value in his job, it's going to be him doing well now. And if that means, you know, saving some money and getting Eichel somehow or getting a player of value that, you know, makes a lot more than what he has available to him now, it makes sense to do the buyout. It's just the long-term pain, I don't think is really in his mindset. And so if you're a Minnesota fan, like you're hoping you win in the next two seasons because after that, like it's 14 choppy. million in dead space yeah. is a lot of money in dead space. And especially, especially if you go out and get someone like Jack Eichel. And like, again, you get Jack, you can get Jack Eichel, you won't, you're going to want to get Jack Eichel. But at the same time, when you have that much money that's committed to him and Kaprizov, I mean, fuck, with 14 million of dead space, that's insane. Imagine like, having, yeah, it's just insane. It's, I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm still, it's wrinkling and, and my brain here. Particularly, like, a issue for them is that, like, technically Kaprizov is not even signed. Yeah, exactly. Nope. And, there so, are and if he's there. asking for, and it, like, shades of the mitch marner negotiation like he was offered nine and turned it down yeah you gotta you gotta ask if maybe that's one of the guys that's going for eichel and that and that make that makes the situation very funky also right so i i i don't think he's in the middle of a rebuild i think he thinks he can win now but i don't i don't agree with him does that yeah. make any sense like i no, don't that think does, he yeah. can win now i had not thought yeah. of it from that angle it could very well could be it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in minnesota over the next five years it's going to be a, a very interesting observation for sure uh, moving on to, to Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop waves his no movement clause for the expansion draft. You guys think that Seattle's going to take him? No, but also uh, what, no, like, I don't. Why though? Like if you're if you're Dallas, do you really want to keep Hudobin? Yeah, yeah. After the season he just well, had, he wasn't very well, no, good. He's think... like 35 years old. And do he they makes need three to... and a half million dollars? Like no, but it's he's not. not... But it, he's not a risk to get exposed. He's not a risk to get taken. What about Ottinger though? Do they need to protect no, I, Ottinger? Yeah, he's no, he's no, no, yeah. he's he's free. Okay. He's on an entry. He's ex- he's exempt. He hasn't pl- he hasn't played long enough. So so the guy they're protecting is Hudobin, and I just don't understand why. Ben Bishop's contract. I, I I for some reason was under the impression Bishop was getting paid like seven million plus. Dude, he's getting paid like four point nine million. No, he's, he's getting a contract. The only thing that so Unless because I really watch a lot hurt. of Dallas games because of my brother. Yeah, I could tell you he didn't play this year, right? He yeah. was hurt all year. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's a chance maybe that they're saying that he's not coming back. Yeah, injury troubles all career. Right, like that's well, that's what I was. Thinking. That's 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 a different story. But yeah. e- in either case, like Hudobin is a lot of money for a guy who's not even your backup, right? Like Ottinger is your backup if Bishop can play. So the fuck are you doing with Hudobin? Yeah. No, but unless they're planning, my, they're they're probably banking on Ottinger being their starter. Hudobin's their backup. Yeah. And then Ottinger has some good but that's, flashes. That's, that's the assumption that Bishop can't play anymore. They haven't said right. that. I'm just, I'm just letting you know right, that he but was this, hurt all year. Right, but I think it's... Yeah, no, no, I know, but I think it's kind of like read between the lines kind of thing. I think this, this is not is done in Dallas. Yeah, because this is not like LA exposed. Um, they, yeah. they confirmed it not long ago. They exposed Quick. It's not the yeah. same thing. Quick's no, a dead at body at this point. Yes. yes, yes, yes Bishop yes. Bishop is, up until he got hurt, a very good goalie. No, but he was, but he always... I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like this is not the first... I mean, this year he missed the entire season, but this isn't... He's always missed, been injury prone. Uh, he, he's injury prone. Like he's, he's, there's a lot of question marks around his health. And, you know, it's if you're looking to like... At a certain point, like if they think Jake Ottinger is the future, you're going to have to make room for him eventually. And you're going to risk 
It, I think I think it's more just I don't think that again he missed all of this season because he's injured, but it, it goes back further than than just this season. Why the f- I'm just looking at Kudobin's contract. Why the fuck did they sign him to a three year deal for ten million dollars last That's year? That's exactly what I mean. It's a terrible well, contract. He wasn't going to get taken anyways because he, he dragged them to the Stanley Cup Finals. Fucking recency bias. Why? I mean, like it's it, yeah, but that's, that's just, what hockey uh, teams do. That's li- all you have to do is have a good postseason and yeah. you cash in the next year. That's all you have, to, and that's what he did. He dra- well, he didn't drag them. Dallas was fine. I mean, he played great. But, like he He's, was he one of the great. main reasons he, they got to the Cup final. And yeah, you um, all hockey players cash in if they have a big postseason. Yeah. I mean, he, look, he had two great years in a row playing 41 and then 30 games, like 41 games in 2018-19, and he had 257 goals against average, 923 save percentage. The next year, 30 games, 2.22930, and then in the playoffs, 25 games, 917 save percentage. So, like, two great years. Last, this year was rough, B- though. Bishop's and numbers are even better in that span. It's, it's yeah. just that Dallas's system, it's just that they play, like, yeah. Dallas's system is defense first. It's, yeah. Very yeah. likely what we're going to see out of Montreal in the next few years. They Like, yeah. Stars did the Islanders thing before the Islanders. Does that make any right. sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, the Islanders like were doing Jim it Mongo- in the background, but, like, they weren't, you know, obviously Dallas made it to the cup final, right? Like, Jim Montgomery was a very, very good coach, but a very defensive coach. Yeah. Like, same style, yeah. counterattack punch. And, you know, you could do that when you've got, like, Jamie Benn and Tyler Stegen when they're playing well. Yeah elite players to counterattack with but it's just yeah. it's not always fun to watch and it's effective for goaltending though yeah like 100 how much of yeah. those numbers are in, how much of those numbers are inflated like that's what i what i mean in all this is like even if ben bishop is done right no one in seattle is looking at hood open and going oh fuck that's my goalie holy shit i gotta get that guy yeah 100 like, yeah there there are two or three goalies that are worth more that we know are going to get exposed no matter what like jake allen or there are guys that are worth more yeah. It just seems it seems odd to ask Ben Bishop to waive for no reason at all. Yeah, it's I mean, unless be, they're uh, like keep keep keeping their fingers crossed that it's just like you know, at the end of the day, if you're not planning on keeping him, you can just toss him out there as bait, and you know, if, if Seattle for some reason does pick him, that's a contract off the books. Well, Gone. yeah, because because I'm, I'm thinking of it this way: like if Seattle looks at it and goes, "Yeah, he's healthy," right? Well, you've just got right. a pretty good goalie for nothing. Well, that's, 100%. Yeah. or even ben if they, even if they, good even but, but if but if they, but if he's healthy, why the hell is Dallas letting him go for Hudobin? No, but, God, but then they he's must not healthy. But then at that point, like, Seattle has to get to the Seattle also has to get to the cap floor. Who knows? They they get, there's a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes too. Yeah, it's gonna, and, this and is gonna become clear to us. Dallas is just dangling him out there because they have nobody else that they really like. You know, they 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 like Hudobin regardless if you agree with it or not. They like Hudobin. Ottinger's their future, which Hopefully. leaves Bishop the odd man out. And like, you know, dangle him for nothing. It's not costing you anything. They take him, that's a contract off your books. If they don't, whatever, he's back. I do work. think though that like if Ben Bishop is able to play hockey still and then and, and like I would imagine yeah. that like the the difference in money between him and Kudobin isn't significant yeah. enough that I think like I still I agree that like Bishop should have been protected over him unless he's really right. Not but, the same goalie anymore. But then you also have to wonder, Hudobin's a backup, right? And if He's they the really team. want to get Ottinger to be a seasoned starter in the NHL, if they keep Bishop, Bishop is their starter. He might block They, the they back, wouldn't yeah. keep Bishop to have him as a backup. That's a fair point, yeah. He and would take also the starting weird, net. So. They're in a weird place as a franchise, so, Dallas. Like, they're, they're like, they yeah, just made the cup final and then missed the playoffs. And, like, that kind of makes sense based on yeah. who Dallas is and who they've been the past few years. Like, it, there's, a, there's a weird yeah. transition coming, I think, there. Um, let's switch to... Covering some of the uh, the trades that have happened, and we're going to start with the ones that have happened before today. I'm going to just ask ask you guys for quick like rapid fire answers. Just give me a quick like yeah. one sentence or whatever on each trade. How you felt about it? Ryan Graves to New Jersey for a prospect and a second rounder. Uh, Ty, how'd you feel about that? It's fine. 
Crazy is a good defense. He's not crazy, but he's fine. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yep. New Jersey needs he's he's better than who New Jersey already said than most of the guys New Jersey has in the blue line already. I, so it's nice. I, I like the for trade them. for both sides. And this yeah. frees up a spot for uh, I don't know. I read a tweet the other day about who this leaves a spot open for Colorado to protect. I just can't remember the name. Uh, there, but, there's you know, rumors that are, uh, a team that there's rumors they're a front well, runner was, for Seth they, Jones. They, they were gonna well they no they were gonna expose him anyways like Graves because they have the yeah, right, yeah. they were probably gonna hurt that's him. it Sam Sam yeah, Gerard yeah. like those guys are right, right, getting right, yeah. anyways they were gonna lose him for nothing right. so here right. I'll, I'll I'll do my thing on the trade uh, trade is fine it's great for yeah. the Devils that's now he's now their second oldest defenseman at twenty six what a yeah. fucking wild team yeah uh, and also we we all know this is gonna happen yeah. Ryan Suter will take that spot on that team when he signs in free agency for like. Half a million dollars. That'd be amazing. He just got yeah. bought out from the rest of his contract in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Get him a cup. Yeah, that's, that's um, what I mean. Like, like they don't care because they know they're going to get him after. Do yeah, you yeah, think yeah. there's anything to this being like the, the the Colorado wants to take a run at Seth Jones? Not whether it's a good idea or no. not for them, but do you think there's anything? To no, that? I'll say it. we'll do it now because I don't want to do it later. Seth Jones going yeah. to Chicago. Let's move on next story. Nice, nice. I, I don't like think I, I don't think they need him. Why would you need him? I don't think they need. No, you him don't either, need him. It, it seems also like it would be just clear. Seth Jones yeah. is wildly overrated. Like, yeah, especially wildly. After this last I know it's questions crazy. Are, yeah, it's crazy. He played, 40, I don't think he's played as bad forty minutes in a game once three years ago, yeah. and we think he's fucking god since. I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people are making him out to be, but he's also definitely not as good as people are making him yeah, out to be. And it's, he's it's a, yeah, it's wild. It's crazy scratcher. how good people think he is. Yeah, the 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 advanced stats from this year are tough to ignore. I will I will say that it was it was because his advanced stats. Always, yeah, but, but this, this year in particular, year in particular, we're particular. Like, fuck, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was easier to argue like, that like well, intangibles or like eye tests for Seth made Jones. the difference before this year. What's that? Before this year, Seth Jones was gonna be the Norris candidate based on career achievements yeah, yeah. award was, guy, he was right? Due. It was and he turn. didn't win it. Yeah, that's how bad you had to be to not win the automatic Norris that you get once yeah, everyone thinks you're Norris. good, that's particularly bad. That's not a one-off. That's you were awful, and then people started to realize you weren't that good before. And there were some examples of past Norris winners really not winning it in years that they deserved it. So there is there is something yeah, to that. Yeah, Eric Carlson point a game, you give it to Drew Doughty because he did well two yeah. years ago. And Doughty Come did on. not have a great year that year at all. No, he didn't. Uh, okay, Nick Letty to Detroit for Richard Panic in a second. Ty. Why does Detroit want Nick Letty? what is that that's a great answer chris that was the strangest thing i i don't know what that is yeah it's it's weird i don't get it like i like it for honestly it's another one i like for both teams i feel like that's going to be good for it's going to give a bit of stability and help them to be a bit better defense well not defensively but like he's a he's a decent warm body (laughs) to help them transition into a a new era but poor nick but it's just such random names yeah what is that it's it's so it's the version of everybody wants to help the Islanders get under the cap right. for some yeah. goddamn reason. I I don't think it's a good trade for Detroit. It's not the end of the world because I assume no, they'll not. they'll trade him at the deadline. Yeah, I, that's yeah, the thing. I think they'll ship be some him off assets. to like a team that's yeah. looking for a depth yeah. defenseman. Yeah, when it's Chicago fun. is when Chicago is near the playoff run and Stan Bowman wants to reacquire one of his own players again, he'll go for Nick Letty. Exactly. And then the salary retention too. Like, what is uh, hockey gym? It's funny. It's yeah. not. It's not a deal that has long term consequence. So I'm not going to flack on it too hard. Yeah. No. It's just it's no, just, exactly. it's just not. It, why do other GMs want to help Lou <laughs> right. and Stan Bowman so much? It's so right. odd. Like, it's a it's a perpetual phenomenon of like, yeah, but but why? I mean, look. Yeah, the, it's just like, like the Iserman. The best thing you could is he's a great GM. Right, like he he might yeah, be yeah. he might be viewing this as yeah, a move that's necessary culture wise. He might be viewing this as a something that's going to help the team like, 
in ways that are greater than just on ice results. I don't he's, know. He's going to get a second or a first round pick for this guy to deadline, and Probably, we're all going to yeah. go. Well, it was a fucking stroke of genius, and then we're going to shut. Oh no, yeah, I don't think it's a bad trade. It's just a very confusing trade, and in a sport that's so deprived of like pure excitement. I saw a trade announced, like uh, a, a, a notification on Twitter. I got super super excited. Yeah, and then that's what I saw, and I was like, this is. This sport's the weirdest thing. Hey, man, Richard Panic is a game changer. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, I'm just going to cut it quickly. Signed eight years, 8.45. I like this deal. I think, honestly, that's a yeah, good number. Ass. Good post-pandemic number two. I think that's going to be a good contract for uh, for Dallas in the long run. Um, Chris, you think it's a good tra- good signing, too? Yeah, I've watched him play enough to know that that guy can fucking move. Yeah. That's a good yeah, that guy kicks ass. The only person that hates this deal is Joe Sackick is nice to give Kale McCarr 12. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing, that, well, if anything, maybe they could make the argument that if Heiskanen signed for that, but honestly, Heiskanen, he's worth more than that. It's uh, That's a team-friendly deal in my eyes. I think Heiskanen's going to be a guy that, towards the end of that deal, as long as the economy recovers, like he's going to look like a uh, pretty, yeah. pretty damn good well, deal, they like si- a guy that deserves like 11 to 12. Well, yeah, yeah. They signed, him. they signed him for what they, like we already know he's good. Yeah. This year he had a bit of a, he didn't have a bad year, but he wasn't exactly yeah, yeah. like, I mean, I think a lot of, like his regular self, but like, they're kind of banking on the talents obviously there and he will get to that level at, at like, well, he's already kind of at that level, but like, you know, like the, anybody continue who, to get who, better. who's yeah. watched hockey can watch him and go, yeah, that guy's a special talent. Yeah. And they're he's, banking he's on this good. contract ending up as a bargain. Yeah. And I think it will, by. honestly. I think a lot of people this I year too were too. expecting his success in the playoffs last year to, to translate to the season. And I, I was one of the few that was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be – I had a feeling Klingberg was going to take the offensive role a little bit more. And, like, it kind of happened. And I think it, it, he didn't have an amazing, you know, follow-up year. But I think he also took steps forward. Like, I think he's just a – he's a great fucking player. I, I really like Heiskanen. Um, yeah, let's, let's tackle some of these July 17th trades today. We had a lot of trades coming in here. Um, let's go from the last to, uh, to the, to the first. So the Coyotes acquire Andrew Ladd, a second round pick, a conditional second round pick and a conditional third round pick from the New York Islanders for nothing. Uh, they take Andrew Ladd's contract. (laughs) Nothing goes back the other way. Not future considerations. Nothing. They're not even really. So I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's legal or not, because it definitely is legal. I'm just confused as to why we're calling it a trade. Yeah, it's weird. Right. Just say you're transferring stuff. Or just, like, do like, the thing they've always done and, like, fucking placate us and give us the, like, future considerations. Future, you know, like, uh, future, future yeah, exactly. Like, just give us something. <laughs> like, this is weird. This is just a weird one. But honestly, like, Arizona like, is... I saw a tweet that was hilarious where they were like, man, Arizona's gonna be really good this year with Pronger, Datsu, Kosa... <laughs> And now Andrew Ladd. I think there was someone else in the picture there too. It's like it's ridiculous. Well, I think they. they I think Andrew Ladd is actually going to play. You think he so? Is. Yeah. Yeah. They're he, he wants, on playing. He wants to play. He's been Lou Lamorelloed, you know, yeah. the Joffrey Lupo style, where yep. like you're hurt but you're not hurt, so you're not playing. Uh, in Arizona, he contract. will play. And for Arizona, it's the perfect deal because they have an internal cap of 65 this year, and Andrew Ladd makes like six or seven on the cap, and he, <sighs> he I think he only makes three or four in actual salary. It's perfect for Arizona. Yeah. Man, he's another one of those. Uh, another one of those was 2016 offseason, the Milan Lucic offseason. Uh, just the worst. That was the well, that was the crazy. summer I confirmed myself an analytics guy. Yeah, that was a fucking wow. Did that summer not age well? And very Where fast, yeah. very very fast. Did that look like a bad idea? Um. All right. What other trades are we looking at here? We got. The Vegas Golden Knights acquiring Nolan Patrick from the Nashville Predators in exchange for Cody Glass. This is immediately following the Flyers acquiring Ryan Ellis for Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick. So Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick 
going to Nashville for Ryan Ellis, and then Nashville's flipping Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. Uh, let's start with the Patrick for Glass trade. Chris, what do you think of that? So does Vegas like immediately like I know they already regretted trading Nick Suzuki, but do you remember like when Patrick was going, Mark Bridger was trying to get Cody Glass, and they yep. kept saying yep. no, so he settled for Suzuki. No, no. That was the yeah. narrative anyway. Yep, that's what we were told. That like. It's just it's infinitely funnier now that Cody Glass that, that, they're they, didn't, all that gone. they didn't that they didn't like him. Now all three of their first round picks are gone from that first season. Yeah, and for Nolan Patrick and also Cody Glass, like injuries have been a problem, and I yep. hope it's a fresh start for both of them. Uh, what I would say is this is a three team trade. Uh, f- the Flyers won, the Not Vegas Golden Knights lost, and Nashville just kind of got a bit of a wash there. Yeah, yeah I, I tend yeah. to agree with that, Ty. Yeah, I mean, ditto what Chris just said. Look, it's look. Vegas has to bank on them winning a cup with whatever they've got going on now. Because if they don't, I get it. I understand that you have to. You do have to obviously, like, you can't build a team like Vegas and not give anything up. But if no cup comes out of this, I don't know, man. Like, they're really they're starting to empty the cupboards a lot. You know, there's also a lot of like, again, the whole thing with Vegas is you know they when they. You know, when, when Pietrangelo became available, not to, this is going a bit back, obviously, but when he became available and Vegas all of a sudden started shifting mountains to get him in the organization, and, like, you heard all those rumblings about how, like, nobody was safe and everybody was so scared about who was going to leave and stuff. Like, there's something to be said that eventually, if you become that team that, like, players are constantly questioning, like, am I safe in this organization? Like, or am I just waiting to be shipped out when the next shinier thing comes along? Like, is that an is that an angle team should be taking, or is this something that like could kind of nip them in the butt well, if were, it doesn't like, actually pan out and work? Like last summer, because like, there were yeah. rumblings that like the, there were players in the the team that weren't happy about it, right? Like when the Petro yeah. thing happened, and there right. were rumors that like Patrick Ready might get one of these guys that they just acquired in yeah. the past like, two years might get moved, right? And there was they were not happy. And like yeah, and like keep that in mind. Like this is a team that like when they first join the league like the whole thing was like we're the misfit toys that nobody yeah. wanted la, la, la. we're gonna band together and now they like pulled the 180 which is fine if that's how you want to build your team that's how you want to build your team but like i don't know man like this oh. is again they they gotta win a cup because if they don't they're, 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 they're the covers getting pretty bare i will say like, i don't know all of these moves all these things we're talking about yeah. are just quintessentially las vegas like it's it's these are all oh yeah very yeah, yeah. las vegas things to do and it very much fits the las vegas but and honestly they might be able to get away with that they might be able to hide behind the fact that they play in las vegas they do things differently yeah Yeah, we do things differently here it's las vegas sin city we do fast-paced game if you don't like it don't come here yeah i'm not saying it in a bad way i'm just saying it's very it's very like it's a very non-hockey I don't know. It's yeah, it's a very it's, it's different. Well, I don't want to say fresh, atypical. but it's just very it's different compared to what traditional hockey is. For yeah. better or for worse, the, I'm not 100%. saying it's either the, or. E- even as a hockey deal, like yeah. what did they need most? Like, a, like an actual center, but like how much does Nolan Patrick move the needle versus fucking Chandler Stevenson? Like, yeah. it, right. That's yeah. the thing. Oh, it's well, it's such a fair, weird, uh, Chris. It's a weird prospect fair, to talking, give up on. We are talking about first line center Chandler Stevenson. Uh, remember that tweet of the this is the third team: Mark Shifley, John Tavares, and Chandler Stevenson. Fuck yeah, no, fuck it. No, but like, but like, like I, I like Chandler Stevenson. He's a fine player, yeah, he's like, good. very good player. Not a first line, like, but he, he's player. obviously not a first line center. That's yeah. fine to yeah. say about him and not think he's bad. But like, right. neither is Nolan Patrick. No, Nolan Patrick right. had nine who, who, points. Mind you, nine like, points in fifty-two games this year, and he was minus thirty. I think it was fifty-two games. 
he's a good player. 52. Long history of injuries, yeah. but like the way that the only thing that I can say that we can kind of maybe they understand more than we do. Whatever. McCurman was his GM and junior. Yeah. I wonder if he's just like banking on his guy still being better than what he's seen so far, and that's so, fine. Like yeah. it's not nine points fifty two. Yeah. It's, yeah. There you go. I didn't know he it's, played it's that much not either. An inconse- like it's not a, a trade that has large ramifications long term unless Cody Glass becomes some fucking stud. But like it didn't address the biggest problem. I, I just it's, right. it's odd. It's and I know that it's I not mean, it season, season season's not over or whatever, but like it's just it just seemed like a weird trade. Former second overall pick, admittedly in a week top or like top end was not heavy that year, but second overall pick. Uh which is crazy because once you get past number two. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, but I look, maybe he's got some left. To think. The thing that fucks me up with Nolan Patrick is that he's got that migraine issue too. Like he's dealing with migraine. He's yeah. dealing with a, a, he's, a it's supposed, issue, it's supposed so. to be done now. Hopefully that's yeah. why he was able to play this year. Okay. Well, and look, that's the it, case. It's like, it's like, it's like Chris said, maybe these guys are babe. Maybe Vegas is kind of bank. Maybe Vegas is kind of looking at like, even if Patrick never pans out to be exactly what maybe we thought he was. Maybe he just needs a, fr- a fresh start to be better than what he was in Philly. Yeah, you know, but and Cody Glass. kind of the same thing with Glass. Like sometimes, sometimes you just have to accept that it's, it's, it's not working here. And if we get, if we move them somewhere else, there's a chance it's going to work for them elsewhere. But like, like, what's the point of holding on to this guy if it's clearly not working? Like, yeah, I, I, I it's like it's some, sometimes players just do need a fresh start. They just need, you know, that sweet, sweet yeah. Las Vegas air, and they just need, you know. Fresh, yeah, yeah and, and it might work out for both of them. The thing that got me the most on this, yeah, I was, I hopefully. didn't realize, I didn't realize Cody Glass had fallen this far from grace. I knew Cody Glass was approaching a crossroads. I knew he struggled to get in the lineup this year, uh, but I still thought that there was enough high end talent there that the team would have been higher on him than this. But I guess he really has fallen that well, much. I, and honestly, thank God the Canadians I got. I could Suzuki. be wrong. Um, let's move on to another uh, to another trade. I'm going sk- to I'm going to skip over some of the smaller. I'm going to skip over Brett Howden. Uh, Barkley Gaudreau is. I mean, that's not a nothing trade. It's a Good acquisition by the Rangers. Yeah, someone's going to give him six years, and someone's going to regret it. Barkley Goudreau? Yeah, I fuck. I hope not, man. If someone does, that's that's bad. Six they're, years they're, at one million dollars. Someone tra- like the Rangers traded for his rights. They're absolutely signing him to six or eight years. <sighs> that'd be insane. They need a guy like Goudreau. Yeah. They do need more, a little more grit in the lineup. But like, it's it's everyone needs insane. a guy like Goudreau. Um, Jared McCann. We're going to cover that more when we get to the Leafs. But Jared McCann was traded from the, the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Philip Hallander. Uh, yes, the same Philip Hallander that was involved in the Kapanen trade between the Penguins and the Leafs and a seventh-round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, San Jose Sharks acquired Aiden Hill in exchange for Joseph Cornor <clears> and a second-round pick. I thought the second I thought that was a pretty damn good return for Aiden Hill. Like, I, again, it must be one of those things he's where... A, he's, a, he's a good goalie. He's he would have been their starter this year. Yeah. It's a casualty of... If they didn't protect him, they have to protect Darcy Kemper. One or yeah. the other had to go. Yeah, I just was impressed with the second. I, I I know he's a solid uh, a solid goalie. I didn't know that he had starter potential, and I think that if you're trading a second round pick for a guy, you got to believe that at least he's going to be capable to, of being a, a one B. And you know, also, Aiden Hill, honestly, one B. I, I, I love yeah. I love that it means they're giving up on Martin Jones because that guy fucking oh, sucks. Fuck, it's time. It is so so past time. Uh, Vancouver Canucks acquired Jason Dickinson uh, from Dallas in exchange for a third-round pick. So, again, not a huge Excuse deal. Can I, say, can I say something about Dickinson? Yep. Really, really good defensive forward. Really yeah, good. good. Really good. Doesn't score, produce, produces no offense, but on defense, that guy is really, really strong. And for yeah, Vancouver, that's that's really good. Yeah. That's all they needed. They the do bottom need six center, like and they got one. Perfect, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Nick Letty, we already covered, and yeah, Graves, that's it. So that's uh, those are the trades. We're going to transition into Habs Leafs here. Uh, let's use this as an opportunity to talk about the trade in Toronto. Uh, Jared McCann is a Toronto Maple Leaf. I love this deal. I feel like these are the kind of guys... I feel like if they can get Tyler Bertuzzi on top of Jared McCann, they're fucking cruising. I feel like that is the kind of youthful, talented toughness and grit that they need in the lineup to get them over the hump, personally. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. These are your Leafs. This trade has reinvigorated you. How do you feel about it? I don't even think that McCann is that physical. It just offers a different a different style of, like, he's an effective third liner who can also play on the wing. He's basically Alex Kerfoot, but better. I think he's got a bit more and, sandpaper to him than Kerfoot, and I think he's definitely... Oh, absolutely. No, no, he's, he's definitely got some sandpaper. That I, would, no. I wouldn't label him, like, Bertuzzi. Like, Bertuzzi's no, a no, 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 no. Definitely not the same but, as Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's got more edge, for sure. I mean, McCann's got the uh, super crazy Maple Leaf style is that he hasn't won around in his career but oh, other than other than that every part of him is is interesting to me and i've always liked mccann as a player when he got traded for good branson i was floored devastated that, for oh fucking God, vancouver because yeah. that was awful and then when yeah. uh what's his name dale talon gave up on him in in florida i wasn't impressed by that either but like it's it's you know the people like to point out that he's been on a few teams but none of those are an indictment on him as no. a player like it's just no. all of them have been bad trades like right. bad asset management that they've come to regret because he's been good everywhere he's gone after. Yep. So he's been undervalued for the Leafs. This is great. In and out, yeah. I found myself like, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure many Leafs fans in the last two months thinking about how, how the fuck does this team get any better if they don't want to move any of the big guys? Well, a guy like McCann who makes very little money. That's, that's a good start. And that's a great start. Yeah. It, um, it, it, and if you look at it overall as Casper Kapanen for Rodion Amarov and Jared McCann, like you take that any day. Oh yeah any day of the week and that's basically what it is it's there's like a one-year difference but it's the same asset so like yeah right um, um 32 points in 43 games last year 14 goals he was red hot for the last half of the season i had him in he's Manchester good and it was i great. i, I don't think his offense too. is sustainable i don't know like, i don't no, think no. he's gonna score at that rate and, no and that's fine so they don't need him to they just need to score sometimes and that I think said he can do that he can play up the lineup so if he finds good chemistry on one of those top two lines all bets are off. We're looking for a Zach Hyman replacement. This exactly. guy could be it. And he could be it. Yeah. He very like, well, he if could they, be. If they keep Kerfoot as their, their 3C, this guy could play the Zach Hyman yep. role. And in that case, Not, that those numbers would be sustainable, I think, if he's playing in the top six. So, Just in general, like it makes you think that I have a hard time believing in that management in hockey is any good because it seems to always forget the inefficiencies. And I, Dubas has been very good at one thing, and it's finding inefficiencies. And he's done that here. Yeah. Right. He gave almost nothing for an actual good player because Seattle was going to take this guy for free. Yeah, and I think New Jersey did that very well with Graves. Like I think Graves is a good player. I think this is the same type of deal where like it does make a big impact for the team that got him, and they gave very little. Like a seventh um, rounder in twenty twenty three, I could not care less. Who? Yeah, no, that's a toss. In. And Hollander, he's a good player, but like he's not. He's not making the team this year. He's not making it next year. He's, I mean, look, his ceiling is he like a middle six player anyway, right? Like he's probably, he's probably yeah. going to play. Like he's probably going to be an NHL player, but I'd imagine he's probably going to be in the bottom six. Like, I don't think he's going to But the Leafs there. are in that same situation. We talked a little Bill Guerin. Like if the Leafs don't do anything next year, like that's probably it for Dubas. I don't think he has the, and I don't, I wouldn't agree with that, but I don't think he has the luxury of being like, I'm here long-term. Yeah. Like they the way need, this team uh, has gone out this year and last year kind of negate that for him. Like they need he doesn't to win have that choice anymore. Yeah, they need to win around 100%. Yeah, um, and, and 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 even if they're in the Atlantic Division and they get stuck against Tampa, like, too bad. Yeah. I don't think feeling. they're far from done, but 
just McCann in this lineup, whether you lose Hall, Dermott, or Kerfoot, one of those three, this team can survive that loss. Right. And McCann is a huge part of that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Simmons was re-signed. I thought that was, you know, it's fine. I, I yeah, didn't fine. think he was great in Toronto, but I think he was good for the room, and I think hopefully next year he'll be better than he was this year. Although, you know, that's not what you're banking on when you sign a guy, but regardless. Um, yeah. There are some rumors here uh, with some free agents. So Dougie Hamilton and Gabriel Landeskog. You're hearing a bit of rumors with Gabriel Landeskog, too, if he doesn't get uh, locked up and if they can find a way to get Kerfoot moved, maybe they have room to get uh, potentially a guy like Landeskog. What do you think, uh, Chris? Ty, we'll get to you as well. It's just, you know, it's the Leafs, so we'll let Chris. I don't think Landeskog is anywhere near a possibility. I know that, like, yeah, they threw around, like, well. Florida, Tampa, and Toronto as his destinations if he doesn't sign in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, where the fuck is he? Are Toronto and Tampa getting this money? It's not happening. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's uh, what I keep coming this is back. Not a, to. This is not a one million dollar play. This is a guy who's no. going. What is he asking for? Eight or whatever? Like that's going to get seven happen. to eight. Yeah. I like Landis Gog. I'd be worried about giving him long term. Same as I am with Hyman. And I just, I just don't think those styles of play last that long. Yeah. I like Landis Gog's odds think... at having success throughout a long term contract yes. more than I like Hyman's for sure. But of course, of course, yeah, and yeah. they're the same age, right? And I think Linus Cock plays with more finesse than Hyman does. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Bit, I don't yeah. think there's any reason for Linus Cock to leave Colorado, man. Like, no, I think he's stay. stay too. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and stay. Take the two million dollars less or whatever. <clears throat> it's definitely worth it to stay. And 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 it's hard to for Toronto to argue that he should take a discount. No one else did. Yeah, and we can't get him for eight or nine. Dougie Hamilton, I really like. And I'm rather convinced he'll be on the team, which naturally means he won't. But uh, there's a lot of argu- there's a, I have a lot of time for the argument that if you move Morgan Riley, who's done at the end of next season, and you sign Dougie to seven, which is what you would need to give Morgan Riley anyways, your team gets better and it gets better for long term. Yeah, because then you're looking at Muzzin playing with Dougie Hamilton was just automatically no offense to anyone, probably like one of the best defensive pairs in the entire NHL. Yeah, and then Sandine Jeff Petrie. <laughs> anybody anybody playing with Jeff Petrie and Jeff Petrie is also in that conversation. Yeah. How's that? Sandine and Brody, who we saw in small bits, but both of them are great. Yeah. And then your third pair can be whatever's left of Dermot and Hall with either Timothy Liljegren or if you can get Bogosian to come back. I liked him last year. It cha- it changes things long term for you. I I, th- I really do think that they're going to push for him. I, we know it's a guy that Dubas has tried to get several times in his yeah short career as GM so it wouldn't surprise me it's just he's gonna have to take seven as opposed to eight and I'm sure someone will give him eight yeah oh yeah and then and then it and then it becomes the the Tavares question which is like San Jose and Dallas offered Tavares 13 he took 11 can he take can he take that I know we just said Landis Cog wouldn't do it but maybe Dougie will I know someone was saying that Landis Cog's wife is from Toronto maybe he takes less but I don't think the Leafs have room for a six million dollar forward it's yeah, a seven it's million a dollar defense. A seven million dollar defenseman. I have time for. What about a goalie? Uh, there's rumors about Darcy Kemper here that the the Leafs yeah, are, are hot on the heels of Darcy the Kemper. Lo- the longest term like rumor and the one that I think makes most sense more than Dougie, more than Landeskog. I always thought McCann was a good fit too, but the other one that I've heard is Kemper and Garland. Garland would be a great addition. Who's an RFA. Both those guys are going to make more money than Arizona wants to pay them, and Kemper has a deal until the end of next season, so. For the Leafs, it doesn't matter if they can get Arizona to retain his salary, like some of his salary, because I think he makes less than his, his salary cap anyways. Uh, that's a good deal for Toronto, just because you don't, like, I like Jack, but you don't know what he is at 60 games or 55 games or whatever they'll make him play this year. So just in case, 
you know, Kemper is probably one of the league's best goalies in the last three years, probably a top five playing on that awful Arizona team. So it's a great fit. It's an ideal fit. It's it's just, I, I think goaltending is probably their priority. So I would jump on this one first and then figure out the other ones after. Yeah. If it means agree. if it means not getting Dougie, so be it. It can't just be Jack and Net. You no, need to... it really it cannot. Um, how would you feel about Freddie Anderson coming back? No, pass. Yeah, from what I understand, they, they, they uh, said they've talked, on the list. but like I think he said he wants four. I'm not giving him four. Four years. If he wants to million? come back for no uh, four million. If he wants to come back for two million, I'll talk. I don't because I know that way. he's fine as a as yeah. a second goalie, like a one a one b type. He's not going to kill you. Especially if he's healthy again, because he hasn't been healthy. I mean, but anything more than two is not going to happen. And if he thinks he's worth more than he is now, see you later, man. If, the thing is, though, if you can get Freddie Anderson for four million and he can find his form again, that's a hell of a fucking deal. But it's again, you don't want to sign a guy banking on him, you know, miraculously I, I, finding. I, a I game don't again. think they do it anyways, and, yeah. and we kind of know that because they're not even letting him talk to other teams. It's just being, which means they're not even trying to get a deal for his rights. Like they're just done. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's anywhere near this team next year, and that's fine. Like he was more than serviceable for his time, but when the team got better, he broke down, and it's not his fault. It's fucking they abused him for forty years. Of his yeah, his bodies. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Quickly, I'm gonna ask both of you guys. This Chris, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to you, Ty. What moves do you think Toronto needs to make to get over the hump here? The move that needs to happen is our two best players need to be our best players when it matters. Yeah. One hundred percent. But if they if I had to pick like a like an acquisition, I think Dougie Hamilton solves a lot of problems. Yeah. So Dougie Hamilton is the ideal pick. And that would be with uh, Morgan Riley being shipped out. Yeah, and that's a casualty that I'm more than willing to make because that's a good. Spot. They offer the yeah. same style, and Dougie Hamilton is way better. Better, at exactly. Yeah. And younger, and going to be signed for longer term. I I think it just makes more sense than anything else that Dougie would be the final piece. Yeah. Riley's been insulated by having a very good contract as well. Riley, he's up until now. It's it's been it's been a huge asset for him, and he, yeah. he only makes five, but it's done at the end of next year. I can't stomach losing him for nothing. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't jive for me. And just to see what the fucking Red Wings got for Nick Letty, what could you get for Morgan Riley on one year? Especially with Dubis like, too. Like you know, Dubis isn't going to be trading yeah. pennies on the dollar. He's not going to get chumped like some other GMs might. So I, I hope that's the route they take. Uh, Dubis seems to want to go down with his ship. So that's that's a good or a bad thing. If the Leafs do great next year and Marner Matthews are the center of it, then Dubis looks like a genius. But if they fail miserably, that's his bed. I still think Dubis is so, a great GM, and I think this is going to be a just another interesting chapter in a in a pretty impressive uh, career. Honestly, I, I I don't think I don't think yeah, I, yeah. I'm I know that I said I doubted him. I just doubted his desire to go down with those four guys. Yeah, I'm not I'm not all in on Marner anymore, and I and I wasn't when he signed it. Like over the season this year, he convinced me he was a decent player. It's just it fell apart again when it mattered, and yeah. I, I watched a lot of footage of him playing, and it's just you know as great as Deneau was, he can only cover Matthews. He wasn't covering Marner, and Marner yeah. was open so often and just tried to force a pass that wasn't there. Or the uh, the open net just refused that he passed to up shoot. On. He had a, that wide open net. Price was out of position, se- had it on his backhand, and he just went around the net. That kind of perfectly encapsulated his performance. And honestly, this is the first year that I've started to have questions about him too. I always figured he was going to figure it out. His point totals are not terrible in the playoffs. He's, he's always getting assists, but he's not. It's just not elevating enough. His game. It's, yeah, it's, he needs it's to be just, more. I've never seen him play well without a guy. Yeah. You know, you know what so I mean? That's what I was going to say. It's easy to get assists when you're playing with two of the best goal scorers. Fair. Yeah. And like I, 
and it's and that's not insult. That's a lot of no, no. It's fine. No, no. It's fine. It it's just like you can't like that was always the argument about Willie. Oh, he played with Matthews. Like right, Nylander played in this playoffs with Kerfoot and Galchenyuk and had eight points in seven games, including five goals. Like that's that's great. That's good. That's that is long term achievable success in a high intense situation. Sample right. sizes are always small in the playoffs. It's fine, but we, Nylander did well without help. Marner did poorly with help. Like it just—it's so jarring, and and there's no way to get beyond. So any move they make, if if those two guys fall over again, like I was telling Amanda, like it, you know that video of Sharat, you know, manhandling Matthews, like yeah, during that game that was hilarious. Like it was funny, but yeah. now you look at it and you go, "You're a fucking loser." Yeah. Like you lost after that. If you won, that's a hilarious story. But like you have to actually win. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't. So it it just like it's like all Leaf stories. It's soured by the loss at the end. Yeah, but, I think Marner's one of those yeah. players. Like some guys naturally have that ability to elevate their games when it matters most. Nathan McKinnon is a great <clears throat> example, and countless other guys are oh, too. God. Other guys, yeah, he's fucking crazy. Don't have some guys are straight up intimidated by the moment, and I think their games tail off. Other guys, their games kind of stay the same level, and I feel like Marner is kind of that. Like his game sort of stay, it doesn't elevate, and then once the rest of everything, everything around sort of tightens up, and there's less time and space, him staying at that same level isn't going to cut it anymore. All of a sudden, that translates to yeah, he's getting a decent amount of assists, but he's not making a big impact on the games when it matters most, and he's certainly not scoring. So he's he's one of those players that's going to need to dig deep. I don't think he's he's I don't think he's a Thomas Tatar. I don't think he's a guy that's that's whose game gets yeah, worse in the playoffs. But I do think he's going to need. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I guess you could argue that it does because his effectiveness certainly goes down. But I I think he's going to need to find a yeah, way to dig deep and find that extra layer of motivation. They're, they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way to get him. Just like, and I don't even know if it's just like find a way for him to register that sometimes the puck needs to be shot. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be a yeah. good shot and. Even wow, for the do sake I of assists, people who scream shoot all the time. But for yeah. God's sake, Marner, once in a while, just actually shoot. I've seen you do it. Yeah, but you don't yeah, have a terrible well, shot. Even from a player, it's, uh, it's very odd. Even from a playmaking standpoint, you need to have people questioning if you're going to shoot sometimes. If you want to be a better playmaker, his playmaking ability will be better if he is that's, incorporating that's shooting the, more. Like that's that's ninety percent of the reason the power play was so dead. Yeah, because right. they give him the puck and. All you have to do is look away from Marner, yeah. and yeah. then you're covering Tavares and Matthews. There's no shot. Like, like it's just like if, if I'm looking at the, sca- the the whole thing, the scapegoat is Marner, but for more than one reason. He, yeah, right. It makes sense that he is. He's yeah, like like it's it's not it's not the first time this has been a problem with him particularly. One, yeah, right, and two, he's the reason the other guys. Like that, we don't have another another fifth guy. Let's say that's elite, right? Because he chose to take eleven when I he didn't deserve it, and he doesn't deserve it now. I'm obsessed with Tyler Bertuzzi, but I would rather Dougie Hamilton. That's fair, Ty. Yeah. And 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 I think the only thing that can change the up the hump for this team is the two big guys. Yeah, I right. I really don't know what else there could be because we talked about it before, and I'll say it again in this playoff series. Not a single player outside the top two was a disappointment. Right. Yeah. Right. They all yeah. played their role. Jack Campbell was good. The defense was excellent. No criticism yeah. whatsoever for any of them except for the Dermot turnover, but whatever. That's one yeah. turnover. I mean, it happens. The it's other crazy. guys, Galchenyuk's turnover sucked, but he's also the reason they scored the goals to tie the game. Yeah, you can't so blame Chucky. Negate, negate that right there. Big time. 
And then, you know, Engvall was good. Kerfoot was amazing. Nylander god mode for seven games. It just, it really was just those two. Yeah. How do you fix that other than those two doing well? Because they're not trading them, obviously. So, yeah. I do think there's a couple areas that can be improved. But, Ty, what do you think? I think Kyle Duba should freak out and implode. <laughs> I think the whole team should implode. You um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think I'm kind of along the same lines as Chris. I think whether it be Dougie, not Seth, anybody but Seth Jones, Dougie, you know, somebody else to bolster that blue line. That's that's something they should look at. Maybe something. Jack Campbell's great, and he's a great great story, and it, it's awesome to see him doing well. But like you know, there's still a little bit of you know, you'd like to see a bit more proof of concept before you maybe you know commit to him being your full time starter. Yeah. Um, but like, like we've been talking about for the last few minutes, I don't think it really matters unless the big two show up. Yeah, like, I really don't think it matters because definitely even, even, you know, like terrifying injury. Um, and it, it, it was one of the, the hard, we talked about it a bunch, the Tavares, uh, the Tavares incident. It was one of the toughest things we've all watched. It, probably not even in the sports just in life. Like it was, it was terrifying, but it was tough. Yeah. Like if he, if he, if John Tavares never joined the Leafs, like if he was still in Long Island and the Habs and the Leafs still were facing off the, and like everything else outside of John Tavares joining the Leafs like played out exactly as it did leading up to that series. Like on paper, there's still no reason. Like I'm a Habs fan and I'm fired up. But like you still have two superstars up front that should be able to carry the load three. and three. three. Yeah, you know, but you know, you know what I mean though. I, I love Willie, but you know you know what I mean when I say the two yeah. superstars. I love Willie. Willie's I mean Tavares right, is I'm saying with the paycheck, too, right? the, 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 the the cap hit, all that, like no, but I'm saying that even if because everyone kept on saying like, oh Tavares is hurt, Tavares is yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt. But like if Tavares still was never to, on yeah. the Leafs, everybody would still be picking the Leafs because you still have exactly, those yeah. and again Willie's a star, but you still have that two headed monster up front. And you'd have eleven million dollars so, and put to other places on the it, team. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And like Chris said, everybody else played well. Yeah. Everybody else played well except them. So I really don't think it matters what kind of tweaks are done. If those two don't show up, I don't think it's going to change. I think bottom line, absolutely. Matthews, Marner, are they are the bottom line. They both need to show up in yeah. the playoffs. They, Tavares too. Tavares as well. You can, I honestly think you can add Dougie, and if they still don't show up, it doesn't it's change not, much. Yeah, they're not going to get over the hump. 100%. They're your, they won't. You can't. Like, if the rest of your team sucks and they play the way they played during the season, you win six you, games in a yes, row very yes, easily. 100%. And that's what I mean. Like, it, it, They're game changers. And if you want to say, like like we, we talked about before, Marner can't be the guy, but when he's with a guy like Matthews, that's a terrifying duo to have to take care of. Yeah. That that should be enough. You know what I mean? Like if it's, Toronto it's, can't you know, sort through this, there's gonna be they're gonna be an interesting case study for teams moving forward to looking at like I know inflation's gonna affect like cap hits as it always does, of course, but it's gonna be an interesting right. look at do you pay guys who are not the guy that kind of money when you look at Marner and, Tava- and Tavares both making basically $11 million each, I think, right? Marner, I think is at like 10.9 or something at like, do you spend that kind of money on a guy that's not going to be able to drive the car on his own? And right. It's, it's going to be interesting right. to see. I do think that while uh, that is I the bottom line. I think the answer line, to that, by the way, is no. Yeah, I think I think so too. Honestly, and I don't think there's much. What, like it, it's, it won't. It's easy. It's that's easy to look Marner, at and say that. Marner but. is the last winger on yeah. a good center's yeah, line that's yeah, getting yeah, that money. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also the forget gift it, of hindsight too, it. right? When when Tavares gets signed to that money, when Marner gets signed to that money, at the time that money didn't seem insane, and it did seem like these guys were capable. Of, I mean, Tavares had shown he was the guy in in the island on New York uh, for I'm ages. A, granted, I'm going to disagree. Much, but 
Marner's deal was crazy when he signed it. I hated it from the moment. Yeah. From the yeah, first moment he signed that's not, it, that's I not revisionist that's history. That's, that's you can fair. Go, go find my Twitter account from back then. I that's hated fair. that deal the second they signed it. I I didn't I think thought it was. It was I was waiting Matthews to see what and happened. Tavares deals make sense. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought Marner. I didn't think it was that insane at the time. Honestly, I thought he was he was that oh, caliber I player. Fucking I fucking hated. I was I was. You can ask Tyler. I was furious. Was that a Dubas deal or was that a Lamarillo? Yeah, I think I think it was. Uh, it's Dubas. It, it was Dubas. Yeah, it was. It's too much. It, it was just it, from the moment the moment they announced. It's a lot. That, that, no, you it's don't. You don't. You don't pay that much for a guy who who's you know. You do. Maybe not as obvious. Look, you do if he's a superstar. You do. Right, but then like like yeah, but like. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the whole thing. Is they built they I don't built know, it like, around. Yeah, I don't know if I they're paying superstar, superstar money. To three that's guys. the issue. They're pay- exactly they're paying superstar money to three guys, and only one is a clear cut superstar. Right? There's now, one as, superstar. As yeah. There's one. There's there's um, stars. There, but there's uh, certainly stars. There's, there's and, stars, and, and then there's but, one superstar. Yeah, and and I think Nylander deserves to be in the star conversation too. Maybe not at the same tier. I don't know. It's tough to say. Nylander showed up in the playoffs. So personally, I think the Leafs absolutely. It's the bottom line is that Tavares and or sorry, uh, yeah, no, sorry, Tavares and Marner and Matthews all need to show up in the playoffs and and bring more. I do think that if they can add to their Again, I mentioned this previously on the pod that I felt like Toronto added grit and added toughness only to misuse it in the playoffs. I thought that they didn't open up enough space to impose themselves physically on other teams. And I know that's not their game, but when the playoffs come around, you do need to change. And you saw it in Tampa after years of going high-end skill only. And then once they added Coleman, once they added uh, Goudreau, once they started to to be a team that sucked to play against physically as well. It's adding physicality that can play a certain game also. Not just throwing the body. Exactly. Which is why I think guys like McCann and guys like Bertuzzi are fucking perfect for Toronto and very much the kind of players that they need. Because I feel like even with Tavares, Marner, and Matthews producing in the playoffs, I wonder if they're going to be able to get over the hump once it gets down to the third round. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, depending how the dice fall. But if they're facing off against a team that's as well-built as, say, Tampa, and obviously Tampa this year, we don't know what they're going to look like in the future, but a team that's built like that, that has the ability to beat you any way you want to play, I don't know if they're going to be able to to hold up. I do think they need to add guys like McCann. I thought that was a great step in the right direction. And obviously, he's not a huge physical presence, but he's he's able to bring physicality while playing good hockey and being able to contribute up and down the lineup. Bertuzzi's another one. I feel like guys like that are what they're going to need to to add uh, to the mix to to get over the hump, personally. Uh, Moving on to the Habs here. Quickly, let's just appreciate what a run that was. That was an incredible run. It really felt special. Even in the even in game five, going into the third period, I, I was talking to Kave and saying like, it still feels like they're not done. Like it, it yeah, still feels it was like, crazy. They, yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. Uh, that was, it was, it was a treat as a, that's the first time a team that that's been, I mean, my team that I, I, I can't help but root for making the finals and it was it was it was great to see and i feel like it's uh it's going to be a lot of great experience for the young guys this past two runs or the past two playoff experiences they've had period have been uh a, a big positive for them Ty, how was this run for you what did you uh what did you take away from this no it was cr- it was crazy man it was yeah. it was wicked i mean like so here's the thing and like chris this is not I, I don't mean to cut open your freshly healed wounds but i said from the start and i'm sure Chris, you could kind of relate to this feeling. I said, as long as they beat the Leafs, I'm fine. They can get swept the next round. I just said, that was my Stanley Cup. That was it. Yeah. Everything else was cherry on top. And then they, they kept on adding cherries. And it was just such a shitty 
time with everything going on and just you know like everyone you could just like it was just nice the city was light again everybody was talking about the haves you know yeah. when the haves are good montreal's different it's buzzing there's a, it's just that it, people don't care about hockey care about hockey it's just it's fun and again like like i just said after everything that you know is still going on it was a nice breath of fresh air yeah like outside of just being purely pumped up because i'm a habs fan it was just a nice light yeah it's cathartic thing. in a lot of ways I don't, I, that, yeah, that i don't know if that made any sense but yeah no, you know, yeah, yeah it, it was absolutely it was, it was, yeah. absolutely made sense but i felt the but same yeah way. and like you said man it it it, it fucking rocks man it, it's crazy like with the young guns i don't you guys saw the you guys saw the suzuki john cooper clip yeah i love that I love that, John Cooper. That too, was man. so Suzuki, funny. Yeah. That was so cool. And like, that's just know, so like, an like it, it's such good. I don't care what you say. There's no way to measure the kind of effect that these kinds of runs and these kinds of moments can have yep. on the young guys in your organization. Yep. Like, I don't think it's, it's not, it's not something you put on paper. It's not something you can measure, but this is stuff. This is, these are the kind of moments that like really, really start building something special yeah. you know you saw you like you could see it at the moment it. it was done like you think that you thought you would have thought that like suzuki and caulfield and all them like they like you would have thought that that was their last kick at it yeah. the way that you could tell like it was just they were so like mentally aware of like oh my god like we lost like I, you could yeah. tell that like they were like they almost looked like i, I don't know where i'm going with this but you can almost see them go like oh this isn't easy yeah like, this, I, to me this, i read this, it like this it re- I looked at their faces, and this is again. It's probably my just my subjective interpretation of it. But I looked at that, and I was right. like, "This looks like a team that's not done. Like this looks like a team. They look like oh, the reaction, all. particularly Suzuki and Caulfield. I felt like that look was right. like we're like, getting they, back here. They like, really were is, like, yeah. Because no, I was just gonna say like we're talking about two guys who like you know like a lot of guys who play in the in the in the NHL say like you know because you they grow up being the best at hockey. Yeah. And usually always succeeding and being yeah. on the best teams and, you know, like Bottom minor hockey is easy for them and they like win that. all these championships. And like, they always say that like once they get to the, a lot of them say that once they get to the pros, that's when they really start feeling like, you know, it's not just given to you. Like yeah. the, the hockey's so good that like, I don't know. And like these kinds of moments could be so good. They could be so heartbreaking, but they could be so monumental to in young yeah. players' to careers that, because yeah, they learn career. so early that it's not just given it to you. It might have been given it to you. You might have been given it. You can give it everything. And in, in your in your minor hockey, just because you're so good and so much so much better than everybody else. But in the NHL, There's, everyone's yeah. on the same playing field. You can have a team like Montreal this year that yeah. it very yeah. much felt like they had something special, and they did. They they yeah. did. This was a very yeah. special run. The chemistry yeah. allowed the team to play better than yeah. they ever had before. They had yep. the right balance of vets and you like it really everything was going right and they still came right. up short. And that happens. Yep. It's not just Montreal. That's happened. There's countless other teams that have come super close yeah, and it's yeah, a very man. hard trophy to win. They fall short. Yep. So like it's it's a great experience, I think, for those guys to, to have. And I watched Suzuki and Caulfield in particular watching right. them in this playoff run. I am more confident in the Canadians future ability to be a contender than I ever have been before. Yeah. Caulfield and Suzuki. Yep are going to be high-end stars. They're not just going to be stars. These guys, their IQ is off the fucking charts. Suzuki, yeah, crazy. I already knew was fantastic, but he showed an even higher gear and an even higher level yeah. to, to his IQ. Yeah. Caulfield, I didn't know what to, none of us really knew what to expect until we saw him against NHL right. talent. What I saw was a guy right. who every single round 
basically yeah. took a game or two yeah. to be like, okay, what's yeah. the what's the what's the skill level here? What where where does my game right. need to be? And then met it. Right. And right. he did this every right. step of the way, and he didn't quite yeah. manage to crack Tampa. They didn't have a lot of time to do it, but no, he struggled against Tampa, and that's fine. One hundred percent fine. It makes sense, but, but like, like his ability to do that as a guy who's 19, 20 years old coming in, who's played a handful of fucking regular season games now. in the NHL. I think he's twenty. It's inc- to do that in the playoffs yeah. is insane. When there is so little room to elevate your yeah. game consistently like that is insane i still don't know how good cole caulfield is because he's continued to elevate his game in right. such dramatic fashion in such a short span like i i'm yep. i'm so curious to see what he's going to look like next year and he's got me that much more excited and and feeling confident about, or at least comfortable about where the canadians are going and uh, as much as we're going to transition comfortable to, than i felt in a long long time well yeah exactly and even kk sure. i feel like Two things. One, these runs, like the well, run, last year wasn't a playoff run, but the the the, the playoffs, no, but this year you was. Know, even even last yeah. year, very valuable experience. And then this year, I feel like that yeah. experience combined with having Suzuki and Caulfield right beside you is going to cause right. him to elevate his game and become a better player than he would have if he was on a team that didn't have a run like that or have <laughs> talent next to him that could really yeah. that are they're driven like that. You know, like because KK has yeah. that potential, but he doesn't have the same. He's not Suzuki or Caulfield, right? But I think they're going to help him to elevate his game and, and help him to become well, at least a, a solid yeah. second line center uh, in the future. Well, it helps. It helps when, like, you know, it, it's yeah, like you, the. You don't want to be the forgotten one. It's like one, we right? say, well, like, you don't want to be the one. You don't yeah. want to be the odd man out. No. You know what I mean? And, like, for argument's sake, like, he is the youngest of the three. Yeah. But he has the most NHL experience. Yeah. So at a certain point, and he made in his exit interviews this year, like, they made a real. He made. Well, I don't know if it was him or the organization, but they made a real, like, dotted point of being like he needs to work on his skating he said like, it yeah himself. he does yeah. his skating's yeah he did his skating's not forte but um yeah. not his forte yet but you know like you said like you don't want to be the odd man out and they can go one of two ways he can sit here and watch the other two take off and have great success and it can either tear him down and and, and kick him in the dirt or it could light a fire yeah, and, and I think uh, it does that. It'll be interesting to see where. Yeah, I think we've it, started I think to see the fire. It'll be interesting yeah. to see where it goes. Like, remember yeah. he had that yeah. written and finish on his stick, like "Get Mad, Motherfucker" or whatever. And like, he's yeah, yeah. To see well, that. he's there. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's so young. Oh, yeah, he's he is. so young. He's a kid, but he's really he's. Yes. We're watching him grow into his. Like, he's becoming a man. Like, he's, we're watching that happen, and mm-hmm. like, it's 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 starting mm-hmm. to show that confidence in his size and his strength, and as you know, mm-hmm. as the skating ability and the confidence and the, you know, his his strength alone get better i think yeah. it's going to come together especially while he has the kind of talent around him that he does i, I don't think he he mm-hmm. falters in the face of that um also one thing look this is a very delicate subject when we we're talking about shea weber here yeah i want to just acknowledge the fact that the injury situation does present an opportunity for montreal to not be stuck in this contract in the <clears> same <throat> way that they would have been if he wasn't hurt uh, I want Shea Weber to come back. I think he's a huge part of this team. I think he was a huge part of that run. I absolutely want to see him in a Canadian's jersey again. If they can couture of him next year, I would be thrilled if he's able to come back for the playoffs. And the way Weber's been in the past, where it's, oh, Weber's out two months, and then he's back after four weeks. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if it happens. That said, yeah. it does set the stage for an LTIR end to this contract. And I know the NHL is being very careful with that, but I think it's... 
it would be insane if they didn't LTIR him, especially given that Weber is a guy who wants to play extremely badly. Chris, you made a good example with uh, comparing it to Joffrey Lupul, where Lupul was put on LTIR and he wanted to come back and felt he was ready, but he got he, you know that he got big footed by the NHL and by the Leafs. Um, but it does improve the outlook of the Canadians for the future and their ability to be a contender. I think that Weber is looking like his career is probably going to end on LTIR here. I do think that that's something yeah. that's hard to get around. And I think that will help in the long run in the next, you know, five years, it'll help them to, to be able to do that. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Cause I, I read a tweet today and, and I forget who it was by, I need to start remembering whose tweets I'm reading and stuff, but it it's was, um, Twitter, man. it was basically just saying that like, you know, like there's a chance that he's going to need surgery and it's not even for his playing his career. It's just for his like, yeah. To live a comfortable life. Like Which we're not even talking about him getting surgery here. to get back on the ice. It's, yeah. it's a surgery so he can live a comfortable, well, like whatever comfortable is going to be once his career is done. You know, it's, it's tough. And I just want to say, I, I, the tweet again yesterday of like, I, I, again, I forget who tweeted it, but saying that like uh, there are teams around the league who are like skeptical oh, about this. They, those teams can go fuck themselves. That yeah. is, if they're first of all, two reasons for two reasons. First of all, there's there aren't many players in the league who openly battle through things as regular as Shea Weber yeah. has his entire career. And like and like I mentioned, right? How many thing. how many he plays on one foot? Yeah, he plays on one foot sometimes. Like like he he's battled through everything and anything. I think it's extremely disrespect, disrespectful for teams to hint towards them thinking stupid. that like it's, it's just, a little over exaggerated. Just remember, yeah. this is what Tampa fans were saying about Kucherov. It sucks right, for whoever gets accused of this. It's right, always but dumb. The difference, yeah. But the difference Kucherov was... Kucherov has played Kucherov through broken went, ribs. Yes. Kucherov has played through an extensive amount of injuries also. It's right, never... A, a player never wants to do this. No. 100%. No one should ever accuse a player of doing that. It's just, right, I, right. I get and what you're saying, though, Ty, because like, of all players in the NHL, to think that bro, it's bullshit he's with... he's made Ty, such dude. a... It's but such a it's such a thing of... like. There is and again, so I know much hockey evidence. players as a whole battle through injuries, but like, it Weber's is a known level. fact that at the end of every season, Shea Weber is... Yo, you, you want, you like, want proof? Body is broken down. <laughs> you want proof that Shea Weber deserves yeah. to be on LTIR? Nick Kiprios reported in... Was it 2019, 2020? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Shea Weber's ago. career uh, no, was in jeopardy. 500 days ago, whatever that was. Yeah. There you go. Reported yeah. at the time that his career was in jeopardy and the injury was right. was not only going to risk his season, but his career. We now know right. that that was not false information. That Shea and Weber like, is just it, a it, fucking animal and played through yeah. things that other, as many as teammates right. have said many times, he plays through things that other guys simply cannot. So much. And the thing is, and again, like we talk, I think we talked to us on a previous episode about how it's a very toxic and dangerous mindset that 100%. these athletes have where they feel like they need to battle through this stuff. Yep. And now a player who, like we just said, has, like maybe he's not open about it, but it's very common knowledge that he's battled through more than most people can wrap their minds around now it's finally coming to a point where he might not finally be able to do it anymore and teams are going to try to make it seem like he's the bad guy i would be i would be very curious and i'm very curious to see what are we trying to what are we trying to scare what are we trying to scare these players from openly admitting that maybe it's time maybe their bodies can't do it anymore is that what we want to do we want to bully players into like feeling like they need to do it to me it sounds like like a fucking it's embarrassing Braddy, I would be very curious to see how many of those front office guys that have a problem with it actually played in the NHL. I would be very yeah, curious to see because I, I I wonder how many players across the league think that Shane Weber is full a, of shit. It's a slippery slope though because most of the offices have right. That's the that's an NHL thing. What I would say is it's just 
any team likes to find a way to be mad at other teams for no goddamn reason other than yeah. it kind of helps Fair their enough. cap. It's right, always 100%. like that. I know that it's sensitive because it's Weber and he's on your team, but I could tell you this was the exact same situation for Kucherov last year, and it happened when Stamkos got hurt before that, and it happened when McDavid tore his knee the other time. Yeah, but none of those guys, the, the, those careers, like those were yes, obviously serious injuries. But like it hap- it's we're talking about a guy, Kess- it's, hap- it's happening to Kessler right now, who you cannot argue right. did I think, more than, than I think Weber. Chris's point. Uh, I think Chris's point is that regardless of the like, that, even with someone like Shea Weber, where of all people to think that this could be happening, you would never ever think Shea Weber would do that. Even with him, they're gonna bitch. People are going to, well, sorry, they're, always, words, they're going to complain. We're hockey fans. All right. they do is bitch. Yeah. It doesn't no, matter we're not that it's about Weber. Hockey fans. We're talking about the organized. I get the fans bitching. They got mad that the Leafs had a practice in the wind, in the summer. I know. I agree. They but get I'm just mad at now, everything for no reason. About, they're I just agree. dumb I'm and assholes. Yeah. I'm not denying that, but my point is simply, I know it's, you know, it, well, it, it doesn't it, matter. It's very, like, it's a very fucking business person point yes. of view it is 100 yes. that's why i said that comment about like you know front offices and guys who actually played the game because it's a very it's very much viewing players as assets more than human beings that's that's what it comes down right. to is it, that's what it feels like right, it's, because it's, it's a bush league thing to think and it again chris makes again, a good point that they're going to complain no matter what so anytime right, there's an ltir right, but, thing, they're going to complain and there is precedence for it there point. are some fucked up ltirs right. in the past so there will always be a team that will question something else because it gives them an advantage you never want an advantage. Yeah. No, I know, and that's ass. why again, uh, they, last they, thing they look at it like they look at it like this. That's seven point eight million dollars for exactly. a seven-year-old player. Exactly, that's not on the cap anymore. That's yeah. that's all they're seeing. It's forced parody. Yeah, it's yeah. the parody part it's that they def- care yeah. about. The, yeah, the the feeling yeah. of like they're getting a leg up unfairly. It's, yeah, yes, it's yeah. always parody. You can't have refs at your scrimmages. You can't have people work out in your right. facility in the summer. You can't have those, yeah. you can't have contact with your guys if they're in a different country for whatever span of time because yeah. it's not fair they get to work out with your team while you're not there. Right, right. It's dumb shit all the time for forced yeah. parody. Yeah, I yeah. hate parody. Parody is the worst part about this sport. I would disagree with that. But I like the parody but in the NHL. But it's that's also a discussion for and another it episode. will be forced forever. <laughs> it's the thing they love most. Well, yeah, it's like we always say. It's like we always say. Hockey rocks. The NHL sucks. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to touch on before we uh, before we end this, the Montreal Canadiens next year. I could I mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about Ducharme. Um, next year, I could see being a bit of a write off, big picture as far as you know this um, iteration of the Canadiens core is viewed. Anyway, uh, I could see yeah. this. I, there's there's a lot of potential uh, for this next season to be disappointing. I think from the Montreal standpoint i i look at the the schedule that they had the extra condensed finish of the season um they're going to be among the most exhausted teams if not the most exhausted teams and cup hangovers i would like to clarify something before we finish that yep mm. 12 teams had a similar schedule to montreal in the last month and the last 40 games or the last 40 days whatever right. that narrative really sucks that's but I mean, those twelve teams didn't go on no. to get to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, right? no, that's that's what Spence trying to say. Yeah, and like I I know what you mean. Like they they didn't have the they weren't the only ones to to go through that. They weren't like it, it definitely did happen. To other teams and, and there's an argument to be made that those twelve teams are going to be dealing with an extra layer of, of exhaustion. But I think with a team like Montreal, where the run continued into the finals, they're going to be dealing with a level of of fatigue that might be unparalleled. 
Um, right. They're a team that squeaked into the playoffs. They were a low seed. They weren't expected to do as well as they did in the playoffs, and they're going to be back in the Atlantic Division as well. I see a lot of reasons for disappointment next year, and I don't think that that's necessarily a horrible thing. I think that they could still come back from that. I think that they could learn from that and grow from it and come back the next year even stronger. And now you've also got the Shea Weber factor into it. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I Can I, can I add yeah. a, a caveat to this write-off thing? Yeah. Right. Price is 33. There are, there are no more write-offs. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. It's, it's they, a fair, they, I know. Fair I point. know that. I know that the majority of the core is young, and that's great. Kokinami, Suzuki, Caulfield—they're super young. They got a ways to go. Gallagher, Petrie, Weber, Price are not, and they will not be there much longer. At least not in the valuable version that we saw this year. So even if we yeah. take, well, I mean, look—you never know. Then some goalies of Price's caliber, and oh, we're going to put aside the regular season stats for the past few seasons because of again the level of success he's had when it games matters most goalies of that caliber have shown an ability to be quite good into their, their later thirties as well. Fine. Like you, you do have precedence for price. that, but even but if you, not, that's not fair. Having you take Weber, away the, if that's a long-term thing with Weber, that's a problem. But Petrie's again, the Weber, we've also been talking about how the Weber contract is an anchor around their neck. And the fact that they have Weber and price to those deals is going to hinder their ability to be a contender. So I think yeah, if, you, if Weber, you take Weber away, Weber is not a player that can just be magically replaced. 100%, 100%, but it, it, it's going to open up. Like we, we can't have it both ways. We can't be talking about how Weber's contract is a hindrance and they're not going to be able to ever find a way to succeed with it. And then as soon as he's hurt, we're going to say, you know, they can't overcome the fact that he's out of the lineup and it's, it's better to have him in it. And it is right now, but it's just big picture. I feel like it's still going to open up more flexibility for them with their, their cap. There's, there's a lot of hope for this team long-term, which we I, I'm not in the same boat that next year doesn't matter so much. So I, I, that's I what I was going to say. I was going to say, we can, let's take away the write-off mentality. Right. Objectively speaking, there's a lot of reasons to believe that they could take a step back next year. Can you like, that's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. I feel like there's a lot of factors here that, that point to next year being a rough year. Um, and yeah, personally, I think that they can overcome it, but obviously, yeah, it, it becomes a lot of variables because price does need to continue to be able to play at a very high level. He, I mean, look, fuck, he needs to be able, he needs to be better in the regular season. Never mind, just in the playoffs. I was going to say he needs to continue to be able to play like that in the playoffs, but he also needs to find a way to be able to play like that in the season or at least up his, his game to a nine ten nine fifteen because they need to get into the, the playoffs. They need to, they're, they're, they're going to be facing higher competition than they did this year when they were in the North division. So it's. It's uh, it's 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 interesting. I I do think that there's a path here with Price and Nets to having success in the future and having a contender, even with next year being a rough one. But there's a, I, I I you you make a very good point. Like there there is a very limited time here, especially when you look at Petrie and you look at you know, what was it? you said uh, Petrie Price and who Gallagher. Weber and Gallagher. There you I mean, go. Gallagher, Gallagher is not going to age obviously. very yeah. well either. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there, okay, before yeah. we before we close out on the Habs, we should mention that Frank Sarvalli tweeted while we were doing yes, this podcast. Yes, thank you. I that just wanted to the mention Canadians this. did discuss the idea of Carey Price waiving his no move clause. Yeah. in the Seattle expansion, which if you're Montreal is a dream come true. Seattle yeah. will never touch that contract, that's and you get I to keep too. Jake Allen, who was great for you. That's so exactly that, how I feel. If, if he says yes to that, that's fantastic for you guys in the expansion draft. That that would be like the best outcome possible for Montreal. Agreed. And yeah, the human element makes that a bit cloudier. But from a from a neutral standpoint, I mean, shit, it's uh, it's very hard to argue with that being the right move. I'd be curious to see what uh, what Price says. 
All right. I wouldn't be surprised to be City out. Do, do yeah. we want to do some final expansion draft little shenanigans? We didn't yeah, mention down. that. We didn't Let's mention that Tarasenko is left exposed. Which that's is, true. That's yeah. crazy. Tarasenko's been left exposed here. Yeah, that's I, crazy. I'm, I'm willing to put money on the table right now that Seattle takes Tarasenko and trades him at retained salary. I like that. I like that. I can see because Vince happening. Dunn is really good, but you can get more for Tarasenko. Yeah, Tar- yeah, especially for retaining. If you're retaining 100, percent you can definitely get a lot more. Tarasenko at at, at 3.5 million. Yeah. Oof. Who's I'd stomach that, that even as a Leafs fan. How many, uh, how many years left? 3.5. How many years left does he have? Uh, I think it's only one. Oh man, yeah, that's come on, forget about uh, it. Here, uh, let me let me double check that so we don't uh, sound yeah, like an idiot. Anything year... else that you guys want to yeah, this point out year. for the uh, expansion draft? Um, not really, honestly. I mean, look, I'll, I'll plug the fact that we're doing a little uh, on Hot Sauce Sports. We're doing uh, some sort of mocks uh, of you know who we're, who we would take if we were Seattle, and uh, we're going to be releasing that this uh, this week. Probably, I wouldn't the... take Drouin. Leave him alone. There you go. You uh, you, Ter- Tarasenko has two years left at 7.5. Yeah. At 50% retained, that's a really good Great. deal for someone. If yeah, man. Even if you're not better. convinced yeah. he's going to be coming back fully healthy, that's well worth 3. it. 3.5, yeah. That guy fucking rocks uh, 3. when he's gone. 3.75, yeah. Or what, what would it be? whatever it would be. Fuck, I'm too tired. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. it's. Uh, the, I don't have anything in particular. We've gone pretty, pretty long here, but it's, it's going to be exciting I'm, I'm i'm stoked to see it i'm stoked to see the the first expansion draft post vegas here because the the vegas one really did change the game i i i'm most excited to see which position they overload on and try and trade away after yeah like i would vegas imagine with defensemen. D, yeah d is always uh d is always a, a there's a chance there's but... a chance that it's goalies this time it around. is yeah i was looking at that too there's a lot of goalie options so i, I, I guess the, the water gets murkier if jake allen is is protected that's a huge Certainly. twist yeah but uh, but but it it would be it would be cool so, either way. Uh, I I really do think you can bookmark that uh, in the Pacific. Seattle is not finishing last. Oh no, not a they chance. might make the they might make the playoffs. Dude, they, they, they might finish third. Some of the rumblings of the players Ve- that are being left unprotected. I'm like, yeah, oh, we're gonna do Vegas all over again. There's oh, there's there's Vegas and there's Edmonton in the Pacific. Yeah. Nobody else is that good. It's they could sweep uh, in if they have a decent roster. Real interesting. They're uh, they're yeah. I'm I'm just very curious to see what they. You know, you got my brain moving. You said that thing with Tarasenko, and I was like, man, imagine if they if the Canadians don't protect Price, what like I, I, insane thing that will never happen. But what if Seattle were to take him and retain half his salary and try and move him in a deal? Is there anyone who takes that deal at half retained? And it's insane. For price? It'll ever happen. Yeah, Price. I think there. I think I there are very few happens, teams but... that wouldn't take him at five. But for yeah, how much I longer? Think, honestly, like as how much, much longer? As much as we is, love is, him, is Seattle going to do that? Like, would Seattle want to stay strapped to five million? No, it doesn't. Doesn't make it doesn't make any yeah. sense to do exactly. that. So no, I don't think exactly. so. But, it's fine. Uh, it's fine in a Tarasenko case where it's only two years. Exactly. Yeah. In but Price's case, Price is what he's got. What five years left or Something four years like left? That, yeah, like that's check right now. But he's he's got a ways to go here, including yeah, 26 season. Yeah, he's got he's got a ways to go here. So that would be a that would be a wild wild turn of events, especially when you consider that like Price doesn't want to go and he wants to stay in Montreal. It'd be a, it'd be a very interesting wacky thing, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So. Uh, all right, look, I think that covers everything that we can cover, and I bet you by tomorrow we're still gonna have fucking fifteen things that we missed out on. Ex- expansion lists come out at ten a.m. Yep. And then for those of you who want to know when the actual TV thing is for the actual draft, it's the 21st at 8 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. I'm sorry. It's four days. I'm. Ex- it's literally almost yeah. exactly four days. From uh, right now. And there's a trade freeze, so there will be no moves. Is the roster then, freeze yeah. completely? So there's no more moves left until the the, the expansion draft. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah. yeah. That's why we saw um, so many come in today after three. Well, one last thing. One last thing on Price. Uh, yeah. Price potentially waiving his uh, his no move clause. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Angela, his wife, is uh, from around Seattle. He's so. also from BC. And yeah, she is. She yeah, is. She he's is. also Price from BC. Yeah, and they, they, and they live in the Okanagan Valley. Yeah. So like, yeah. Not saying again. I'm not saying. Yeah. For, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying like crazier things have happened. Yeah. That, I don't think he would. I don't think he would cry if he got taken by Seattle. No. 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 Yeah. But I don't not think he'd all. be thrilled about it either. Like I don't think he. Uh... It's not bad enough that he wouldn't waive his no move clause. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right, guys. Look, this is nice to do an episode. It's been a while here. We've had a, a gap here. Yes, We're gonna sir. be a little spotty throughout the off season here. We're gonna be picking our uh, picking our moments to do our next episodes. But uh, look, I'm excited for the next one, guys. At least we know I'm alive again. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Chris is kicking. Look, Jared McCann can do wonders. Yay. All right, guys. Twitter handles. You can find Ty at Twitter on on Twitter at whatever. Habs Drew. Habs Drew. I just had a tweet that had 2,500 likes. So get there. It's, right. Go look at that tweet. It was pretty good. I liked it too. I'm one of those 2,500. You can find Chris Thanks, on Twitter man. at... Uh, I'm, Say I'm it. At Chris6 or 7, but I once had a, a tweet that had four likes, so, you know, I'm almost as popular as Tyler. I wasn't one of those. Not fair. <laughs> uh, say what your name is. Say what your Twitter name is. That's like. true. It, it's say gonna what be your Twitter name I'm going to do it, Tyler. Don't worry. Up until tomorrow evening, my new Twitter name is Mark Bergevin, but worse. Yes, I lost the bet to Tyler. It's very tough. Yeah, it's been tough, guys. It's been nice to see. It's I've okay. been enjoying that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't find my Twitter account anyways. It's terrible. I think I'm gonna change my Twitter account name to Mark Bergerman, but worse, uh, indefinitely after it expires tomorrow, and just pretend that I'm still you and that you're still doing. It. <laughs> um, Tweet about the Leafs and Batman. A bunch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can find me uh, at LFHPod uh, and at H Scratch. You can find all three of us. Um, I'm not on Twitter a ton lately, honestly. Twitter, Twitter fucking sucks. I got like I gotta say, I'm gonna cut sometimes. this out. I'm sure, but so I, I don't so even want to cut this out. Do, no, none of us know, no, and, and just going to clarify this for people who are, you know, the four listeners that we have. Yeah. None Amanda of us know who we're, who we're talking to when we right. answer the Healthy Scratch account on Twitter. Oh, it's so funny. I have no idea whether it's Spence or Tyler. Sometimes I'm not even sure if it's my own goddamn self. I have n- <laughs> our, our Twitter, like the way we write has become similar so like, yeah. similar yeah. that you it's impossible for me to decipher who the fuck I'm talking yeah. to. It's pretty great. I do like that. Next year it'll be next year will be even even better once we tweet more. All right, guys, it's been a good one. Uh, stay healthy out there, everybody.